This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. A couple of weeks ago down in Washington State driving through there and it's interesting when you go down to America and especially in Washington State and just like here you'll see marijuana stores down there. So you see a number of cannabis uh, shops uh, selling cannabis down there because of course cannabis is legal in Washington State, just like it is here now. But if you think you can take pot across the border, well, think again. Like, most people know that. Most people know that even though marijuana is legal in Canada, it's legal in Washington State, if you try to go across the border with some dope, you're asking for a lot of trouble. And there's signs right at the border, don't try to do that. Don't be taking any weed across the border because you could get in a big jam there check this out though a canadian woman now faces a potential lifetime ban after she got caught at the u.s border with cbd oil now cbd oil is the non-psychoactive product of cannabis that a lot of people use to treat things like uh painful side effects from uh from a disease or injury or something or as a sleep aid They say it doesn't get you high, especially in low doses that most people use. So it's not like uh, bud or hash or something like that or an edible marijuana product. CBD is a a different thing, but she still got caught with it at the border, according to a report from CBC News. An unnamed woman uh, was fined 500 bucks. Uh, She was denied entry into the United States and now potentially a lifetime ban from going into the United States for CBD oil, not just weed, CBD oil. What do people need to know about going across the border like this? How many people are getting caught like this? And how can you make sure that something like this doesn't happen to you? Let's check in with uh, Len Saunders now. He's an immigration lawyer uh, based just across the border in Blaine, Washington. Hi, Len. Hi, Mike. How are you? I'm great. Thanks a lot for coming on. This is an interesting story to me because a lot of people might think that, well, CBD oil would be okay going across the border, but obviously not. Exactly. It's still a derivative from the marijuana plant. And so under the eyes of U.S. immigration, it's as bad as having cannabis with you at the port of entry. Okay. How many many people are getting stopped like this and and getting into a lot of trouble here for, for trying to go across the border with pot? Or any or any well, type of not, other variety of cannabinoid. It's not it's not everybody, but like today alone, I've seen two cases. The lady wow. who you're talking about, right in front of me right now, I have her documents when she was denied entry, and another gentleman uh, contacted me uh, from Japan, Canadian, who flew into SeaTac Airport a week and a half ago. The exact same thing happened to him. Issued a five hundred dollar fine for having CBD oil. So these are identical cases at different ports of entry, um, which have happened to Canadians who have now been denied entry for life. Okay, what happened to this lady with the CBD oil? We're not using her name here. Can you just tell me the details, though, of roughly what happened to her at the border? Sure. So what she did was, um, originally I thought she actually came through Blaine, which is right near my office, but it was actually Point Roberts. So Uh about a week or so, a week ago, actually, no, sorry, it was on Friday, she was um, just entering just to, I don't know, enjoy the weekend in Point Roberts. And uh, they found some CBD oil, a 50-milligram bottle. Um, she admitted that it was hers. She didn't think that it was illegal. They uh, did a sworn statement under oath 
so that she admitted that it was hers. They then issued her a $500 fine and basically turned her north and said in order to come back to the U.S., you now have to apply for a waiver. Okay, what does that entail, applying for a waiver? Well, a waiver is, um, it takes a while to get, a few months, uh, to actually do the application, get it approved, plus the fees. The U.S. government charges $585. She'll probably be issued, rarely do they deny them, um, she'll probably be issued a six-month or maybe a year waiver. And then after that, usually they bump it up two years, three years, eventually five but unless they change the law, she will need a waiver for the rest of her life because she has a controlled substance violation at a U.S. port of entry. Okay, so when the waiver expires, she'll have to go and apply another one for another one? Exactly. So in wow. a case like hers, because she's retained me, and so I'm already starting to work on her waiver, um, once it gets approved, usually six months in advance, I'll tell clients you need to get a new criminal record check, even though she has no criminal record, letter of remorse for her immigration violations, of having CBD oil on her, even though she didn't know it was a violation, letters of reference, proof of employment. It's, it's quite a process of going through every time you need a new waiver. Okay, according to the CBC uh, story on, on this one, Len, apparently she says that a Border Patrol officer there asked her if she had any, quote, leafy greens on her person. I don't know why a Border Patrol officer would say something like that, leafy greens, and uh, she said the officer did not use the word cannabis, and she says she said no, she didn't have any leafy greens because she thought that is, you know, bud, marijuana, dried marijuana flowers, uh, and it, not CBD like she had in her backpack. Isn't that kind of weird? I mean, do, do officers, uh, Border Patrol officers on the American side typically ask kind of tricky trick questions like that? Um, not really. Like, maybe it was just, you know, a lingo that he said. But, you know, I've been in the border before where they ask people this. And usually it's not somebody older. It's somebody in their late teens, early 20s. And they kind of profile who they're going to ask. But, you know, whether you have leafy greens on you or cannabis oil, anything that's related to the marijuana plant seems to still be a grounds of inadmissibility in the eyes of U.S. immigration law and leads to these lifetime bans. Right, right. Even though marijuana is legal in Washington State. Where I sit right now in Blaine, it's legal. Where you sit up in B.C., it's legal. The problem is it's a U.S. border. It's yeah. still illegal. And many Canadians know that, but they don't know that these derivatives, whether it's gummy bears like edibles or other types of cannabis products, are illegal. Everything cannabis-related is a kiss of death at a U.S. port of entry for Canadians seeking entry. Oh, man. Speaking to Len Saunders, he's an immigration lawyer in Blaine, Washington. I've also heard, Len, that sometimes a U.S. border official could ask you, have you ever smoked marijuana or used marijuana in the past? And that could be grounds for not entry if you say yes. Is that true? Exactly. So that was a common case I saw prior to legalization. They don't ask that question as frequently now because the Americans know that they can't deny entry to a Canadian who's used it legally in Canada. If someone admits mm. to using it before legalization, they can still be barred, and I've seen those cases, not a lot, but enough. But this is the new area where I see people running into problems entering the U.S. who unknowingly have some sort of cannabis products on them. Okay, what if you work in the marijuana industry? Like, let's say you're a Canadian on our side of the border and you work in a legal marijuana store. 
you go you go across the border of the United States and a border patrol officer says, what do you do for a living? What are you supposed to say? Well, that's fine. So U.S. Customs and Border Protection issued a memo just prior to legalization in mid-October in Canada saying that if you were strictly involved with the Canadian industry after legalization, you were okay. But if you're, let's say, trying to do business down here in the cannabis industry, once again, that's a grounds of inadmissibility and a lifetime bar. Okay. If someone gets into a jam like this, you mentioned the potential for a lifetime ban from the United States. Well, I think it would be a terrible thing to, for, to befall someone. Um, how, how common is that to get a lifetime ban, or can most people get these waivers, as you've described? Well, it is a lifetime ban, and then you get a waiver to overcome that. So if someone gets a lifetime ban like this lady did, then my goal is to get her a waiver which overcomes that, but it's not a permanent waiver. They're only issued for a limited amount of time to overcome your permanent grounds of inadmissibility. So what would your advice be to people? Well, I guess it probably works both. Does it work both ways, by the way? Like if you have Americans crossing the border into Canada, can they suffer similar consequences if they've got weed on them or... So even though I'm Canadian, I'm not a Canadian immigration lawyer, but my understanding is you can't take products north. I think all the Canadian officers do is seize it. I don't think they oh. issue lifetime bans to Americans. Oh. So they're less harsh on uh, individuals entering Canada versus the United States. Okay. Has this been a big uptick in your business here now with people getting <laughs> a jam like this at the border? Absolutely. It, it yeah. seems like it never goes away. And the Canadian government has done a really poor job in warning Canadians, other than the media, getting these stories out. The Canadian government has been very silent. And when I spoke to the Canadian Senate about a year and a half ago, I told them this was my concern, was Canadians unknowingly bringing products to the U.S., resulting in lifetime buyers after they purchased it legally in Canada. Okay, so what would your advice be to people here? Certainly, obviously, don't do not try to cross the border with any type of cannabis product, even if you think it's like you know something safe or innocuous like CBD oil. Don't do it. Absolutely, do yeah. not bring anything. You can purchase it legally down here. Any Canadian over the age of twenty-one can purchase it legally in Washington State. You just have to be twenty-one. They don't ask for your citizenship. So if you want to use it while you're in the U.S., buy it down here, but buy leave here. it down here. Right. Okay. Good advice. Thank you, Len. Thanks, Mike. Okay, thanks for coming on. That's Len Saunders. He is an immigration lawyer. He's based in Blaine, Washington, talking about the case of a Canadian woman facing a lifetime ban at the border for crossing the border with CBD oil. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.